0: Hi guys, welcome to living in the question podcast. I'm Sadie. I'm Anthony. (laughs) I bet that shocked you guys for a second. (laughs) So Elena actually, um, was a part of this episode the first time we recorded, but we've been having a lot of issues, um, with GarageBand. So we're switching to a different app and I'm hoping that it works way better and we don't have these issues anymore because it's getting frustrating, (laughs) but Anthony, um, yeah, jumped in and was like, I'll totally like be a co-host with you on this episode if you want to, because me and Elena couldn't make it work to meet up. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. So I'm kind of excited to have a conversation with me and you.
1: Yeah. um, I'm pretty excited too, because I I feel like you definitely know transference a lot better than I do. Like I get it, but I feel like I'm actually pretty blind to a lot of my transference. Right, Um, And anytime you talk about it, And get excited about it. I feel like I'm starting to locate how it is.
0: What it is and what it means. A lot more. Perfect then to have like your perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. because I feel like I just now am starting to understand it. Like I feel like because of the things that have been going on in my life, transference has been showing up so much for me to look at my own and also noticing it in other people and it's like oh damn okay this is something that is literally happening 24/7 like we don't even recognize it's going on and it's happening and it's like when you start to be aware of how transference plays out with in relationships you know whether that's dating whether that's like people in your family like all of those things people you make new connections with all of those things like it plays out in life in so many areas and like now that i'm aware of it it's kind of hard to not see it, you know? Yeah. I feel like yeah, awareness yeah. is that way.
1: <laughs> it's a lot easier to notice in other people, places, and things. It's almost like the silent um, navigator when it's your right. own transference. It's that that horse blinder thing. You know how, like, right. you can't see your own nose because your, your brain has decided well, that's not valuable information. I feel like that's how my brain treats my transference. It's like, yeah, right. we already know to project onto other people. We don't need to be aware of it.
0: Right. That's the ego, right? Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to talk a little bit about that later too. So you guys tune in till the end, make it till the end of the episode, because I'm going to read a little bit of this book. Um, Jason Shulman, the founder of our school, me and Anthony both go to the school. Um, It's non-dual Kabbalistic healing. And yeah, he talks all about how he found this work and how he found like what non-dual actually means. And we talk a little bit about the ego as well in the first five pages. I want to read you guys. So I'm excited to kind of break that down a little bit, but yeah. So anyway, we're going to talk about transference today. (laughs) And I asked you to like, um, give me an experience of transference, but I can go first. And then you can kind of tell me what you think an experience of transference is like you know, something you've been through just so people can see like a real way of it working out in the world, you know?
1: Yeah. I would definitely love uh, to hear your example. It's going to be
0: interesting. So as far as dating, like I've been on the dating apps, I've been dating and doing all that. And like already when you come into contact with somebody, you, they are your mirror, especially when you start spending a lot of time with someone, like they become your mirror and like those things come out right and so you start to talk about those ways that you are bringing up things for them in them you start to talk about those things and break them down and you start to realize like holy shit i think some of these things that are mirroring to me are that like so for me an instance is yeah i've been kind of talking to someone and you know we got into a conversation about like my past and stuff like that and so um how do I want to break this down here (laughs) sorry guys let me let me think about this yeah so basically we are talking about my past and this specific person had a very different past so it started to really show up for me in the way that my past brings up their own like insecurities in a way, right? Like my mm-hmm. past, because we have a different experience, brings up insecurities in this other person's past. And yeah, that had to be talked about because now he's confronted with his own shit, right? Yeah. So, but in that instance, he was kind of putting that on me. and but he recognized it. He was putting it on me that I had a past that he didn't have, and it was like, okay. How do we,
1: how would you define transference before we get really into it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That probably made no sense. I'm trying to explain (laughs) the deep details without giving any details and it's really hard. It's okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. Transference. So I feel like transference is, let me start here. So all of us have a past, right? Like we all have like our DNA makeup of the things we've been through, our childhood, like what has made us the way that we are. Transference is when you use those things to judge another person because of your own views. So because you have a certain view, have you ever walked into a party and you see someone, you're like, oh, I don't like them.
1: And yeah, but here's here's a problem. Most of the time when I do that, I am proven right. And then that like, is like, um, which is not good for me in a way because yeah. the negative parts of my transference get reinforced. Uh but yeah, I've absolutely had that. Yeah. I'm like, oh it's like stay away, they're almost radioactive.
0: Right. You like feel it, and that is just a part. Sorry. That is just a part of like your own transference, right? If you really break it down in that moment when you see this person, you're like, oh, I don't like them. Sit with that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Think about why you don't like that person. And things start to open up a little bit of like, oh, maybe I don't like them because they have a better body than me or I'm insecure about my own body. So I'm going to put that on them. that I don't like that. Like that kind of thing. That is transference.
1: Mm -hmm. And when you can sit with it like that, what happens is you'll get out of the paradigm of am I right with my transference or am I wrong? And you start to like that just dissolves those that little prison that you're essentially in the walls go away and now you're in this paradigm of well what's actually happening here where is this coming from because you're not born like that something happened like you're talking about and then it's like you've gone from like i don't know 2d chess to like 8d chess while juggling balls at the same time it's like oh this is a whole different game now
0: perspective right yeah like you drop into yourself a little bit in that moment. It's like, oh, okay, let me reflect this back on me. Like I'm having such a intense feeling about this person or instant, like, no, like, okay, what is that about? Be curious. Ask the question. Right. And then, yeah, it brings up a whole bunch of other things. And that is transference Mm
1: -hmm. when
0: we put our shit on other people. So in relationship, it can get really fucking tricky because you are mirrors for each other and that stuff is coming up all the time. That's why people say that like, communication is so important. My dog is driving me insane. (laughs) He has started humping everything. He's at that stage in his puppyhood where he just is like, Just a pest. I'm like, I need to get him neutered or something because he drives me nuts. And to podcast with him (laughs) is a little hectic, but here we are.
1: Yeah, I I just kicked my cat out. It's kind of hard for you with a dog, but.
0: Yeah, I might have to just put him in the back if he doesn't stop. Anyways, yeah. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit as it pertains to relationship because like we're constantly making new connections with people like harboring old ones or you know, finding new ones like there's all this different relationship going on in our life, and like transference is a huge part of that.
1: Yeah, and if you're so outward focused, you're not going to have an internal relationship with yourself on what's right. actually going on here. So it's always it's almost like there's a a gap between you and more you, right? Because you're so like um, the term that comes to my mind. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's called uh, that bitch eating crackers. Have you ever heard uh, of that?
0: No. It could
1: you just you could just decide that you don't like someone for whatever reason, like you're talking about, like the way they look, the way they dress. Maybe you don't like their laugh. Right. And you'll people will sometimes go into that mode where the person's just sitting there eating crackers, and you'll look at your friends and be like, Look at that bitch eating crackers. Who does she that think is she is? That's so
0: real. That is yeah. so real. I'm never gonna forget that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it, you know. So anyway, do you have an experience that you can think of that, that you feel like might be transference or where it has showed up in your life?
1: So like I mentioned before, um, I, unfortunately I have examples where, um, I've, I've had bad experiences with people, uh, growing up as uh, a guy that's, you know, I was a kid that was a bit flamboyant. And I was told, like, you got to be a man. Men frown and lift weights and eat steak. Apparently, that's all they do. And I did like everything else. Um, So I have an unhealthy relationship with like guys that try to alpha male me. I just get like crazy. Um, I don't like, I don't know if that's transference or not, though, because it is my past being projected onto them. But Mm -hmm. then I'm correct. They do like, start yeah. like it's some weird thing something about me because I'm a little fruity it like triggers like tough guys to be like "Whoa, oh, I'm in charge I'm like I literally don't care so yeah. I wouldn't consider that an example I do have funny it happened today right I have transference um with a former partner of mine um I'm not going to get too much into our relationship that we had but I I realized I'm transferring. <laughs> So unattractive to say. I hope she never <laughs> listens to this. I am transferring my, um, why doesn't my mom and dad love me mm. issues onto her. Mm. So when she's not there for me as much as I would have liked, I'm projecting everything that happened in my childhood onto her. Um,
0: and so how it was did you so, come to that realization? Um, Like, how do you notice that? Do you sit in it? Like we've been talking about, like, is that how you noticed?
1: Yeah, it's it's a combination of a few tricks I have. Sometimes I'm doing shadow work. Sometimes I'm doing uh, meditations I've learned at the school or with our healer, Tim. Sometimes I'm just making lunch and I'll have a lot of anxiety. And if I play video games or listen to my headphones, it amplifies. So I'll just, all right, I'm just going to be in silence while I do this. And somehow just letting it take me over. Yeah. Letting it live and amplify through me. I understand. I don't know how to explain it. It's just like it gets translated to me. It's like, yeah. yeah and I just I just felt, um, I can almost feel like the gap that happens where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you're a child and this thing didn't happen yet. And you remember what it felt like. Yeah, and then it happens, and you go on this whole trajectory because of it, almost like an unconscious autopilot. And that trajectory led me to this moment, and it's mind blowing. And
0: right now,
1: (laughs) yeah, and that's that's what happened, where I just realized, like, um, basically, I I don't like me, so I need other people to like me, and then I'll feel safe enough to start liking myself again. And I was able to like walk that backwards all the way to my parents not being there because, uh, they were drug addicts. Yeah. And, uh, I realized at that point, everything about my partner that I feel my former partner does not matter when it comes to her specifically, I got to work on
0: me. Yep. And when you can pinpoint those specific things that, you know, you do when you can own your own transference and be like, I know I do this. Things also change like that awareness morphs it into like a more present, Part of you, like you can be more present. You know, you can be like those stories in your head aren't so concrete.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. And you're you're a healing presence in that moment because me and her haven't talked in months. She just reached out to me today, and I I told her all that. I was like, you know, like, and she was like, oh wow, (laughs) yeah, damn, um, you know, not a lot of people experience that type of like level of
0: consciousness.
1: they're usually, yeah, yeah they're told, Can you know, we
0: talk about this because I feel like me and you are in the school. We're in the same year. We're in the same class. Like, yes, that is so hard for me lately with dating and meeting new people and having new connections. Like it's so hard for me to connect with people because I just feel like I am so much more aware, not in a way of like, I'm boasting like, Oh, I'm more aware than you are, but I do have this feeling of like, I don't know. I need that type of connection. I need connection Mm -hmm. with people who are on the same awareness as I am and same consciousness level, because I need to keep growing. Like there's this part of me that like is searching for that and wants that so bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Because what's happening is, um, you're, you're in an environment that encourages you to be open-minded and sit in discomfort for your own growth. Um, and that's you are going to grow because of that. That's why I love the school. That's why I've always been drawn to non-duality
0: yeah. um, ever
1: since I woke up years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I've always gravitated towards uh, spiritual teachings that are uncomfortable, that let you sit with it. Um, those are the ones that
0: Teach you cause what? an
1: awakening. Yeah. yeah. Those, are, those are like the, uh, the muscle building ones. You know, mm-hmm. it's actually forcing you to grow up in right. a lot of ways. Um, so when you're in an environment like the school we're in and then you're around people that are just not you can feel
0: the separation, you, not,
1: the, separation the stagnation and also just mm-hmm. like the it's like eating a lot of salads and then you're around a lot of people eating cake all day right and you're not trying to be rude but you're just like you know guys high fructose corn syrup is not
0: and great for you thing of me feeling like i have to teach them Mm -hmm. like I've got to build you up and I can't tell you how fucking long I've been doing that my whole life like I've been doing that forever building other people up and it's like it's like it's hard for me I'm learning to have compassion for to have compassion for people for where they are at because everyone isn't on this level like I've really had to come to terms with that because I was there once too like have compassion for where they're at on their journey and like That's kind of hard to do when you have your own transference, you know, like about it. But it's like, I don't know.
1: So I have a question about transference. um, Because like I said, I I feel like you understand it more than I do. When you're trying to build a person up, do you think that your transference playing out? Like you're used to having to like fill the people's cup?
0: Right. But when you are aware of the transference, it changes the intention. Yeah. So when you can be aware that like, that's what you're doing, it's like, oh, what does my true soul want to do when you're aware of your transferences and how it plays out? It's like, oh, tap back into you. And like, what do I truly want to do in this moment? And then you do mm-hmm. what you feel is right rather than playing out by transference. Right. Cause that is still transference. Everything we do is transference. That's the fucking crazy part to me that I'm recognizing is like, every way we respond to someone is because of something we've been through personally. Like we just do it. But like when you can become, can be like aware of the areas in life where it affects you. And like we were saying, you figured out that little small piece, like that stuff, like not undoes the transference, but it tones it down a little bit so you can look at it and observe it. And like, that's healing. Yeah. You know, that yeah is fucking healing. awareness
1: I, I think this is why i don't like being around most people uh yeah. <laughs> like i'm a social butterfly that's constantly disappointed at where the state of humanity is at the moment and i'm realizing it might be because of people's transference because yeah um I, i'm the same way where i don't like being around people that are very closed-minded and they've just decided uh a perspective like right. we we work with very advanced teachers mm-hmm. and for the most part, they're very open to so much. The only time they're not open to something is if they've already been there, done that. And like, they know what we're already going to say next. And like, no, no, you don't even got to, I know what you're going to say. That's not it. It's like, Oh, okay. But everything else they'll like, at at the very least they'll let it breathe for a minute. Oh yeah. And then like
0: everybody to be where they're at. And that is the most beautiful part is it's like, Oh, you don't think you're doing great on this path? Well, you are. Be where you're at. Like, just yeah. be where you are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> this book, we're going to go all into this. I'm excited.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, let's talk about the book. Should we do it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're what, like 30 minutes in? <clears throat>
1: Chapter one.
0: Yep. Okay. So I'm just going to, I'm not going to read. Uh, his preface was so good i kind of want to read it but then that makes it way longer so maybe i'll just yeah i'm just going to start at the first chapter okay you can cut that out anthony if you want to anthony cut that out (laughs) whatever (laughs) okay
1: wait wait hold on anthony you're doing a great job by the way keep doing that
0: great job anthony thank you (laughs) couldn't do without you (laughs) okay the book is called beyond the now, and it's by Jason Schulman, And it says essays on the heart of enlightenment. So this book, I guess is like a collection of essays. I've actually never read it. This is the first time I'm reading it on the podcast, but I read like the first chapter and I was blown away. I was like, we have to share this. This is everything. So it's like a collection of essays, I guess that he wrote like while he was going through the process of trying to figure out like what all of this is what it means what all of these religions have in common like all of those things he writes about in this book okay <clears throat> the first chapter is called first light calling to light I remember as a child of three or so crouching in the garden of the brownstone we shared with my grandparents and my aunt and my uncle and talking to a small white butterfly. I actually remember that some of the things I said had to do with wondering what life was about. I wondered who the butterfly was and who I was. I wondered if we could communicate. I wondered where we go when we are no longer here. It was a defining moment for me, a call from the world to some place deep in my soul, and it has never left me. Though it was a conversation of questions, I understand now that it was also a moment of companionship with the world, a feeling of oneness and duality at the same moment. Most of us have these childhood moments of revelation and often long for them throughout the rest of our lives. We sometimes think they will never come again, but we can help ourselves return to these moments of wholeness anew if we learn to listen to the great calling that we are made of, that we are. The calling of ourselves to ourself, which is the essence of our life. Damn. (laughs) Okay. If we allow ourselves to be quiet and put aside the voices in our head for a few moments, we can become aware of a sort of pressure to move forward, to find the truth, to know what is right, to solve the mystery. We feel an urge in ourselves, in our bodies or minds or feelings that makes us seek something. We could say, if we let ourselves dream a bit, that we are being called by something, something inside us or even outside of us. If we think about it this way, we could say that every one of you reading this is called. We are wondering how to live a better life, a life that is filled with a sense of really living. We are called to life. We may think that we have come to this moment of our lives out of curiosity or by accident, But my understanding is that we are all here because we are called by something or someone or some force that seems to guide our lives. Even when we feel we are not called, we feel sorrow because somewhere in us, we remember what it is like to be called or connected to this something. Even if we have never consciously admitted this thought to ourselves or actually heard the calling. In this case, the longing or sorrow is the calling itself in another form. For many years, <clears throat> sorry. For many years, I taught that much of this pressure was created by the ego's relentless quest to control life. From that perspective, this pressure was a way to escape the now into some favored future or past. I continue to believe in the truth of this, but as I've learned to see duality as it is and become more aware of the holiness of this realm of duality and opposites, I also see more clearly than ever that there's also another calling going on that does not arise from the ego and yet it simultaneously does arise from it since the healing ego is an instrument that is dedicated not only to survival but to change and awakening I have come to see that this calling to the ego eventually becomes its crowning glory and achievement that was kind of mind-blowing for me I just have to pause because I was like holy shit like, so many people teach us, like, get rid of the ego, get rid of the ego, just let the ego go. And it's like, no, that's always going to be a part of us. And like, the fact that it can like transform into this, like you said, becomes its crowning glory and achievement. Like, we are so proud of ourselves. Like, it can transform into that is so beautiful to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's when it comes to the ego, it's like, how did Tim put it? He said, the ego, all you need to do is just have it go in the back seat. That's all.
0: Right, right, right. You don't want
1: to, you don't want to kill it or throw it out the car. You just yeah. need it to not be driving because it's, it's, it doesn't know what it's doing. It's hurt. <laughs> it's healing, um, right. and it's, yeah. You, could, that's. I'm trying to think. There was um who is oh Eckhart Toll. Eckhart Toll is great when it comes to this. Um, when when you're bridging um the egoic. Fear and then this uh, deeper consciousness of uh, healing and being pulled towards something, uh, you're it's almost like um, well, more of you's whole. more of you is included in the picture. You don't have to uh, disassociate with your ego, right. which is what a lot of teachers talk about.
0: right? The wholeness and the oneness of have like holding it all, yeah it's so beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, and the more you keep it in your awareness the like actual less effect it's going to have on you
0: right right okay are you ready to keep going yep okay however when we first begin thinking about the nature of this calling we can easily experience confusion does this calling exist and if it does what exactly is it why should there even be a call it is a figment of our is it a figment of our imagined wishful thinking, the desperate hope of someone who has lost some illusion that we made up that needs to be cleared away. Is there a person or a God calling us? The thought is at once thrilling and terrifying. It also has the power to raise the skeptic in us to great prominence. When we begin to think about this calling, doubt becomes king. We all, we all start out in these early stages of doubt, but I have seen time and time again that as we continue our journey, we go through three spiritual development stages that eventually bring us to understand that separateness and oneness can unite and that the caller and the call are one. So I'm gonna read the first, or the first and the second stage, and then we'll be good. Okay, the first stage of being called. We might call the first stage, the stage of overpowering static or noise. In this stage, we cannot hear the calling because our ears are filled with the sounds of our history. Transference. (laughs) These sounds, the noise of imperfect upbringing, childhood pain and terror, miseducation by accident or design, religious misconception, human limitation and fear, block out our true nature, which is to hear this calling to our souls. We are being taught by this noise which is information of the sort, perpetuated by our families and culture, how not to be ourselves, but to live in the story of our history or the story of our rebellion against our history, both of which are unsatisfactory solutions to the puzzle of being real. It is only when the pain of our existence gets loud enough and we have failed to find enduring happiness that we begin the journey of clearing away this noise, of separating the music of life from the voices of those who would deny us this authenticity and the parts of ourselves that would deny us this as well this leads us to the second stage of being called so when I read that first stage I feel like it's like when you start awakening like you hit that point where it's like oh my god everything isn't as I as it seems you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. you start to figure it out you start to think about like the government and the conspiracy stuff you start to be open to those ideas because you're like wait (laughs)
1: yeah i think you reach a boiling point where you realize all this sensory input that you've been letting navigate you like clearly is not working and Mm -hmm. there's been this alternative internally Mm -hmm. that you keep pushing to the side and you start to like well let me follow that even though it doesn't make any sense and there you go yeah now you're on the path
0: right that's so beautiful i'm like damn (laughs) well said Okay, I feel like we're in the second stage. Like when I read it yesterday, I was like, okay, I feel like this is kind of where we're at. So we might name this, this, the stage, oh, sorry, the second stage of being called. (laughs) We might name this the stage of surrounding ourselves with our own sound. In this stage, we begin to notice that we like certain things and do not like other things we find the world of preference and simultaneously find we have the power to make changes in our lives we find the power to choose we no longer simply have to react to life but can direct it as well since all of our development as human beings is uneven in certain arenas we excel in seeking out what we long for or long for while in other areas we remain trapped still shackled by historical wounds As we progress in this stage, however, we find more areas in our lives where we can seek out the things we long for. It takes long and sometimes arduous work to have the faith to continue our journey. We we meet with our own and the world's resistance to change and happiness, even as we all claim to want nothing but happiness simultaneous to the resistance however in this stage we begin to notice how the world itself seems to present opportunities to lead us inward to deeper and deeper paths because of the holographic nature of the world which sometimes shows itself as synchronicity accident hunches and intuitions the world begins to show its cooperation offering ways pleasant and unpleasant into the inner chambers of our being at first it is mystical We put in the work and something comes back. We don't understand the casualty. It seems like magic. Even though we begin to trust this new arrangement, as Christ said, knock and the door shall be opened. We find this to be true. It is during this stage that we begin to hear the call more clearly, though even now we may not call it a calling. But more and more we find ourselves with people of like mind and thought. We seek out situations that will challenge us and teach us. And we feel increasingly glad to learn when that openness has settled into our bodies and minds. When we begin to trust it, we realize this call to our soul is happening all the time. There is something in us that wants to know the truth and will do anything to seek it out. It does not stop for day or night, good weather or bad. It has a single clarion call that sounds its tone beneath everything we do. However, in the beginning of this realization, seeking is often used by the ego to prove its point of never being good enough or never having gone far enough to be completely safe. We are still caught in an unhealed egoic drama. We only begin to understand little by little that even this remnant of the egoic dilemma serves the greater purpose of inexorably bringing us to our goal of being with God or reality or authenticity. The hint of this truth that no matter what we do, we are always moving forward brings us to the beginning of the third stage of hearing the call. Isn't that so cool? Yeah. How we That's... break it down like that. It feels so real, especially like I've got, we've gone through it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so real.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Waking up to your transference is uh, basically the more you do that, the less you're paralyzed by your past. Right. That's the way I see it. Um, right. I just learned something from Tim. I don't want to get too much into it because I want to talk about that more, yeah. but it, it relates to that where just so much of us we're just we're paralyzed by the past, exactly what it is in a lot of right. ways, where it's like you you get stuck in this inertia because of it. And the way society is going more and more, like on Twitter, you can have certain words blocked. So I can set up things where I will never see a tweet if it has certain words in it and you just you just get more and more of an echo chamber built around you because of that and that just promotes more inertia
0: right it's so so important to have like conflicting opinions too and to like listen to those too you know what I mean yeah yeah
1: that's why guys like Jason and our teachers Jeff and Eileen are so important um because it's it's like the the polar opposite yeah I love. I mean, I don't in the moment. I do. Actually, it's like half and half. But I especially love after the fact when I have something uncomfortable going on. And Jeff or Eileen say, yeah, just sit with that, Anthony. Anyways, oh and they God. move on to the next thing. I'm like, oh, that oh, was awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, yes, but also I'm like, oh, I'm in such good hands.
0: Uh-huh. You're like, <laughs> okay, thank you.
1: Nice. Thank they you didn't baby that. me. I love this.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I immediately, if they ever say things like that, I'm like, like that's it. <laughs> help me out a little more. (laughs) I want my vegetables. (laughs) I mean, you're right, but fuck, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, I wanted to ask you something though that just came up in my mind. Um, somebody asked me, so like within the school, there's certain things we can and can't talk about. And why would you say that somebody asked me why it's secret? Or why we so can't I th- talk about it. What would you say? What would the answer to that be for you?
1: So I think there's a few reasons. One uh, is definitely the reason uh, that they told us, which is we don't fully understand what we're talking about.
0: Yeah. Like we're, only in our we're s- really dealing with.
1: Yeah. We're only in our second year. So yeah. very likely we're going to get, we're going to get parts wrong. And this is very uh, deep healing stuff that we're talking about here. And, like, you never know. You could, you like, let's say, let's say we don't understand the next thing we're going to learn in class this upcoming weekend. And we go and we tell someone about it and we we do it incorrectly. And then life gets in the way and we never talk to that person ever again. Right. And then we we realize like, oh, I fucking explained that completely wrong. And now you can't reach out to the person and correct it. And like I think that's a bit harmful. Like we're not, we're still students. And the other reason is I believe the same reason why certain, not certain all that I was taught Reiki symbols are supposed to be only for practitioners is, um, when, when you perceive a thing you're affecting its energetic field. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you keep something more exclusive, you're keeping the original energetic resonance purified more than if everyone was perceiving it. Um, so I think it's part of that, too, where it just it keeps the waters less muddy mm-hmm. and more clear for people that are tapping mm-hmm. into it.
0: OK, I like that. OK, I didn't even say either of those things. So that was interesting <laughs> to hear. Um,
1: I uh, I get both a lot in my server as a Reiki yeah. practitioner. I get told that like, oh, you're gatekeeping. I'm like, no, you just don't want to put the work in. Go get taught in attunes, and then you could okay. learn the symbols.
0: Right. That kind of goes along with what I said. I just said that like the certain meditations we're doing and things like that, like there's a reason that our school is four years because like the whole first year is us just living them, giving us like little breadcrumbs and us just like sitting with those and like practicing and doing those things. And this whole other world opens up, but can you imagine if they just dropped us what they've been teaching us recently in that first year? I'd Can you cry. imagine like that would send your freaking, oh my gosh, you'd spin out, right? Like it's way yeah. too much for your system to handle. Like healing takes time. Like there's no like, there's no like quick start button to healing. You know what I mean? It just each person, it, like they always say, be where you are. Like,
1: yeah. And like, yeah. you could even look at like the bigger picture too. Not everyone is meant to learn this right now. I think this is stuff more people are going to learn over time, but you can't you can't just walk up to a person and then like tell them all this stuff and then go, okay, have a nice day. Bye. And then go back wow. to it. Cause now they're going to be all fucked up. You know, I've made mistakes like that with people or I tell them too much too fast. And that's my fault that like they're yeah. blinking at me, like, wait, what's going to happen when I a life review? You mean everything? I'm going to see everything I ever did. I'm like, oh no.
0: It's so funny you're talking about that though, because that kind of relates to the first stage. Like you kind of do stuff like that. Like when you first start realizing that everything you've always thought was like concrete and real is like, Oh my gosh, there's so much more to it. You start trying to tell people about it because you're blown away, but it like pushes them away. You know, like, it's just interesting that like, that's part of it too. Right.
1: Yeah. I think that comes from a level of like immaturity and also like, you don't have the space internally to keep it all in. So it's almost like, hey, can you hold this profound thing with me so I don't have to hold right. all the weight by myself? That's and exactly it. they're just trying to clock in the work. They didn't sign up for that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so so that was so like, <laughs> No, I'll never talk to you again. <laughs>
0: that's so funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, damn. That was a good mm-hmm. conversation.
1: I know, right? <laughs> um, absolutely. Yeah, that's why I love um, Jason's work. I yeah. do, I do meetups with Tim once a week and we we talk about his receiving God book. I don't I haven't read it. I can't read books. I can read. I just my brain yeah goes somewhere else. I'm an audiobook yeah. guy, so like good on you.
0: I or love like, that book. Yeah. Because I'm not even receiving God. I'm not even kidding because you can just flip to a page and there's like a short paragraph of like something that you just needed to hear that day. Like it's yeah. one of those books. It's like I lost mine. I need to find that copy because I loved that book. But, but yeah, that one's not a hard one to read if you have it.
1: <laughs> it's not. But my, my goal is so. I told, I told Tim this, I was like, if I just show up every week, eventually you will have read the entire book to me because we read one page a right, week. Right. So that's, I'm just going to have Tim do it for me for like the next, I don't know, a year.
0: <laughs> there you go. Hell yeah. Um,
1: and yeah. that's
0: what we'll do on this podcast. We'll read this book. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God, yeah. Um, yeah. but I, I think the reason why um, transference is especially important to wake up to is, um, I don't want to get to like my podcasty about it, but yeah, certain people behind the scenes, I believe, use our transference to uh, navigate us yeah. um, in like media headlines. they'll they'll pre-program you and then yeah. influence you based on headlines after the fact, and you'll go like, yeah, f- of course, I know all about the such and such. I've been watching the news about it for years. And like, right. I'm not surprised that this is happening. And it's like, no, you've been conditioned. Now your transference on X, Y, and Z has been, you know, planted into you is now it's causing a reaction internally. Right. Um, so when we wake up that that's even a thing, that has less power over us.
0: Yeah. That's drives me
1: crazy that that's not being taught in school
0: i know right isn't that yeah. like yeah well of course it's not right no nope. instead they're empowered.
1: fucking teaching you calculus which we all <laughs> use so much
0: yeah and all of the things about history that are all fucked up anyway you know? uh-huh.
1: yeah so i think <laughs> oh, i think transference is going to be a big thing people learn about more and more just like in in like western medicine that's another reason why i love Uh, the school so much, because it it bridges, you know, Eastern um, teachings and Western medicine into such a beautiful thing where, you know, Jason does not exclude human psychology. It's such a huge part of you. yeah Um, It's almost like I look at like what Jason and Jeff and Eileen do as like spiritual taekwondo. I believe that's the right one where when someone's charging at you, you'll sidestep and use their own momentum to flip them. Yeah. And that's what I see. It's like, oh, your mind's going crazy. We can just Taekwondo that like anxious mind and utilize it in a powerful way. We're not going to try to stop it at all. Why would we do that? Something's happening here. This is beautiful. I'm like, whoa, holy shit. That's a
0: whole different perspective. (laughs) That's funny you say that because um, you have to have like an interview to enter the school for people who don't know. And when I did my interview, I was explaining to Eileen that I was really excited about this because like I took psychology in um, college and it just like, I liked it. I liked the things they talked about and how they like broke down a human. (laughs) You know what I mean? But there Mm -hmm. was something missing to me. And I was like, I just feel like there's so much more. And she's like, well, what we're doing in the school is a huge part of psychology. Like that's exactly what it is. We're just going like a layer deeper you know, with the spirituality aspect and like connecting the two and merging those two worlds. And I'm like, damn, okay. Like that was so interesting to me. You know, I love that perspective. That's ultimately why I'm in the school, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, that's one of the big reasons why I'm in school. I am just remembering my interview now. I forgot we even did that. Yeah. Um, I had it with Jeff and I was at such a low point in life. Um, I actually just I was suddenly there for a second while you were talking. It was like, Mm -hmm. I just smoked like the day before. So I was all burnt out. And I was like, I'm such a fuck up. Like I shouldn't be showing up. Like Jeff is going to know. I bet Uh he's such an advanced level (laughs) guy. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so, (laughs) but I'm going to have to apologize to Tim for messing it up and had the interview. And Um. Jeff was like, yeah, you you, you seem like a good fit for the school. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, would you like to hear about this new thing that Tim is discovering that he practiced on me, yeah. and it worked, and it reminded me of transference, and then okay, now I'm on this episode of all things. So
0: let's talk about it.
1: It's called uh, logo synthesis. Okay. Ever heard of it?
0: Uh, no, I don't think so.
1: I feel like if you did, you would remember because it's a really unique name.
0: The synthesis part seems familiar, but that's a word. So I'm like, yeah. Oh. My
1: brain keeps saying photosynthesis. Uh-huh. Um, yeah,
0: there you go. Probably. So
1: um, I don't fully understand it yet because yeah, I just experienced it um, a few days ago. Basically, um, this goes back into like getting stuck in time when you have um, a painful experience, whether psychologically, emotionally, physically, um, a part of your mind get stuck in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people are aware of this as, you know, when you do shadow work, you do soul retrieval. You know, I'm familiar with that part of it. Uh, Tim is now teaching me about the the mental part of it, where um, you, you can use the power of words to say a few sentences in a certain way. And it like, it, unfreezes that part of your mind that's stuck in that memory and it like unclips all the parts of you that are being affected not not the parts that are being affected and clips like all of those parts from you um Is
0: like a meditation
1: no it's he had me like he would it's like say a word
0: like he just said language is so fucking powerful. Like I wouldn't doubt like the words you use, the resonance of words is like, holy shit, that stuff's powerful.
1: Yeah. That's why I always encourage you guys and my co-hosts yeah. to be as just be yourself on your podcast. Cause mm-hmm. you're putting out um, your own unique vibration when you're doing that. Right. Um, it's so important. Like if you're ever meditating or setting intentions, saying it out loud is so much more powerful than thinking it. Yeah. Um, Twice I've, this is not a huge example, like it's not, it's kind of whatever, but twice um, during some crypto giveaways, I asked angels to help me win and both times I won. And I was like, maybe I should be using this for something better.
0: (laughs) You're like, well, this is working and do I keep doing it or is that karma?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should stop doing this with crypto. Um, But um. Basically, he would have me repeat sentences that would help me um uh reclaim the parts of my mind that are still stuck in those moments and those moments that are still with me, like I'm done with them. I don't need them anymore to like, you know, I'm holding on to it to survive and right. I don't need to be doing that. Um Great. and that was actually and one I'm of good. the things that helped him with my partner, my former partner. What's that?
0: Yeah. I want to talk to him about that because I actually just had an experience the other day. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday I got a new tattoo and I'm not going to go into what the experience like really was, but it was like kind of triggering for me. It had to do with like my dad and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was so fucking triggered and I noticed myself getting triggered, but like my emotions and everything was kind of like freaking out. And I was like, okay, like maybe that's something I need to talk to Tim about. Oh yeah, absolutely. Tomorrow. Would you look at that?
1: <laughs> well, perfect. There you go. Yeah, I, okay. I think that's going to be a big part of it. I think you know when it comes to this stuff, it's a bunch of different things. Yeah. You need to approach it from a bunch of different angles because we're
0: right.
1: we're multi-dimensional beings. So it's never, as far as I'm concerned, we're never going to be like, uh, well, I did this one thing and it just solved the whole problem completely. It never even returned. Like that's just not. To me, that's not how it works. Right. Um, so I, I just I want to find the author really quick. Um, the author is Doctor uh, Willem uh, Lammers. I think it's L A M M E R S. How you spell his last name? Um, I highly recommend his book on it. Um, I haven't gotten it yet. I'm actually going to try to power through that book. It's very small, just for Tim, and just because it was so powerful. Like, yeah. I I I did the i repeated the sentences he told me to repeat. And I was suddenly back to being like a little boy. Um, when I was still really excited to be me. Like I was actually, I loved being me and I loved being alive and I had enough confidence. To just go up to other kids and be like, hi, would you like to play super Mario? <laughs> That's and how is. <laughs> Yeah. And at some point the, um, the uh, unhealed adults I had in my life, fucked me up enough to where i don't like being me and i i could feel how that affected me and up until doing that thing with tim i was i was disconnected from it and the, you know there's a pain level thing and i felt my pain level going from people not caring about me like me not being good enough going from like a 7 down to like a 4 yeah. and you know, the more you do it, you can get it down more and more. You can, it's more workable. You're not in a trance state when it gets triggered again, which is huge. Yeah. So, you know, to me that, that sounds like transference where, you know, my Mm -hmm. former partner, it's nothing personal, I'm just not built, uh, in a way where she like, where I'm doing it for her, the way she was doing it for me and my transference translated that to, but mom, why don't you love me?
0: Like, that what did I do? Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so a hard one to sit with.
1: I, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, it is. It's but okay. it's beautiful that you're aware of it. Like, like you sitting here talking about it. I'm like, holy shit, good job. Like, you're thank doing you. you no, know?
1: I, I know, right? And you know, so cool. it helps me uh, help other people, you know, right. but you're my cool. clients and stuff. So,
0: and to you, shared. <laughs> you know, on this episode, whoever listens to this, you're, you're helping others sharing your own personal experience. And that's the beautiful part about it. So everybody be you be authentic to who you are. Try to be aware of your transference this week. And, um, do you want to cite, should we cite those books, both of those books in the We'll do that in the description of the podcast. So you guys yeah. have them. And if you want to look them up and find them, you totally have them. So, or follow along with us. Cause we're going to keep reading this book. I think it is really beautiful and brings up like a lot of things that we can talk about and it's everything. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> thank for you sure. For being on this episode. We love you, Anthony.
1: Thank you. Love you guys.
0: Okay. Have a good week. You guys. All right.
1: Bye. Bye.